This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 83 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we're speaking with Lauren Simmons about OTTB Mafia. We catch up with our Making the Makeover writer, Natalie Holdren. Leandra Cooper from New Vocations joins us to give us another training tip and introduces our Adoptable Horse of the Week. You won't want to miss out. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York. And you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Joy, Kristen, guess what I'm wearing? What are you wearing? This is not one of those weird podcasts in case this is your first time. This is, <laughs> <It could laughs> this be, is not though. quite Stay a normal tuned. thing. <laughs> I'm wearing breeches. It's weird. <gasps> you're converted. Uh, yeah, I've been doing a little, would that be considered cross-dressing? Cross-training, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So after our last horse show, I was looking back at the video and I was like, Wes is pretty cute. Like he's a cute mover and I can like pontificate for a long time about how ranch classes and hunters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, they're basic, you know, if you've got a nice sweeping mover that carries itself nice and level, like you have a ranch horse, Mm -hmm. but also you have a hunter under saddle. So I was looking at the video and I was like, I bet I could make this work. And I found the like moldy old yard sale English saddle. Mm-hmm. It's probably making a lot of people. We crazy. all start somewhere. No one judge. It's We've a stupid. All done it. <laughs> it's a stupid. My boss is like, those things are like cockroaches. You can't kill them. They never it's die. It's true. Stupens are great. Yeah. So, like. and it fits in pretty well. And I found enough other bits of tack. I did buy him a new bit. <laughs> so he's got one one new thing that works well for him. But we're gonna we're gonna give that a go at the nationals. So Fine. stay tuned. We're gonna see how it goes. How's he no. liking the tack setup? Is he um, questionable? Is he just like, here he's it is? He's actually a little like dubious about it. At the walk and the trot, he's fine. At the canter, he's like, why are you sitting like that? So he's used <laughs> to me being a little more in the kind of in the back seat, mm-hmm. sitting straight and driving him from behind. And I sort of like default want to get forward. And, and he's like a little bit. And he's like, are you going to fall off? I better slow down. And I'm like, Aww. like it's very sweet, but yeah, we, we have a little bit to work out. I've only entered one walk trot canter class and then I've okay. done a few other walk trots. So, so we'll see. I was like, I'm not going to make him try to gallop around on his little spider legs too yeah. much no. <laughs> in a saddle. He's not super comfortable with in like everything that I'm not super comfortable with either. So, but it'll how be a fun. fun. Yeah. I can't wait to like, see about it. It's a seven hour drive. So if we're going to go all the way there, like I'm not going to just sit around for a whole day while the, all the English classes run. So I'm we'll going to laugh go. if you come out in like the top three. Yeah. If Western I come out horse. with like a national championship in like rookie horse walk trot. Yeah. It's going to be, and like come up completely dusted in the ranch classes. It's going to be pretty funny. That's so. be great. I feel like if that's the case <laughs> and you have to do at least one more English show with him, just, just might, to make yeah. me just a little, have like some a happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Well, I have both exciting news and then humbling news. We'll call it that way. It's not bad. Ooh, it's humbling. Ooh, start with the exciting. 
yeah. So exciting is Astrid's still in trailer trading and she's doing overall pretty wonderfully. She's running into the trailer on her own because we wanted to teach her to self-load. As much as I don't believe in the chestnut mare stereotypes, my horse does like to feel empowered in her decision-making, which I've created that. I love it. <laughs> it's the it, nicest it works really possible well way to put that. <laughs> Yeah. She's so, empowered in her decision-making. Yes. She is empowered. And I really do encourage her to like want to try things and be curious because she used to be such a spooky horse. Like we spent so much time on our back legs and not all fours. So kind of encouraging her to try things on her own has made her much safer to be around for everyone. <laughs> so that that's kind of my reasoning behind it. But she's like self-loading and going right in. We're still not standing for more than about... 20 seconds before she's like, okay, I'm ready to walk out, but she's not racing out with fear. She just comes out very controlled, looks around, goes back in. So everything's going really well. But with that, I've spent most of my time working in the trailer, getting her comfortable with it, getting comfortable being tied to it, all of those things, and not so much time practicing for the show I was hoping to do this month. And we still haven't made it on our first kind of trek around the block. So I chose to withdraw just because I don't really want her first big trip to be going to a new venue with all these things. She hasn't been to an offsite show in a very long time. And that might just be too much too fast and reverting the training we're putting in. So instead, I'm going to do some online shows. There's another show coming up in September where I will feel really good about taking her to my trainer's barn and back a few times and just making sure she's loving getting in the trailer, finds it a place of relaxation. And we're just all in a good place. Because the other yeah. thing my horse no, has is a like memory a good... and a grudge. <laughs> yeah, that's the horseman's decision for sure. Like yeah. you're setting up for the long game. Exactly. I mean, it's a schooling show. It's not like anything bigger lost here. So we'll still be able to compete this month and get some critiques. She's doing so well under saddle. It's been a lot of fun working with her and getting her comfortable in her body because we had quite a bit of time off due to, well, winter because, you know, anyone who's up north has a hell's time during that. And then I, I threw out my back where I could not walk, let alone ride. So we've had some time off. So it's been fun getting to know each other and push ourselves and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really good to see you guys back and working together because I feel like it has been a really long time just to get to this point. Absolutely. So it's already it, it's, a win. It's already a win for sure. I feel like from when I got her five years ago, our relationship is so different today with the things I've learned a lot of it from this podcast. So if you're new here, listen back to some episodes. They're really enlightening. But just from the guests we've talked to and trying new things and being a bit more open-minded, I feel like the relationship I have with her today is just really transformational from where we were five years ago. So anyone who's considering adopting a resource, it's if you get a more difficult one like my own, it, it's still very much worth it. Yeah, I think actually, I think like Jobber is the horse that I have had the longest. He's the horse I've had the longest out of the horses I currently have, but he is mm -hmm. the horse I've had the longest relationship with ever for, I guess, almost five years now. So yeah, it's, and I think the thoroughbreds, I think, challenge you a little bit more because they are so much more sensitive and like they just live life 110% in everything that they do. Sure. But yeah. <laughs> it, yes. Yeah. Like on all ends, right? Like if they're sweet lovers, like they love you 110%. And if they're psychopaths who run around on their hind legs a lot, like Jobber and Astrid, like they do that 110%. So they sure do. 
yeah, I feel like that's been the single most transformative thing for my personal horsemanship was getting a thoroughbred. Yeah, agree. I agree. And it's made me such a better horse rider and owner and equestrian. And I don't know, it's really cool. Like she's definitely my best friend. She's the horse. She's not the horse I've had the longest, but she's the horse I've had to really earn the respect and the relationship. I've had some really wonderful horses in my lifetime. She's definitely the one that's made me have to prove myself a bit more. And I'm personally really grateful for that. I feel like I've never had a connection as strong as I do with Astrid. But now that I'm getting all emotional, we have a great show coming up. Um, (laughs) back. I'm going to get even more emotional because we're going to hear from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Kristen, I'm super excited to welcome our first guest today. We have Lauren Simmons joining us. She's created OTTV Mafia. She started writing at a very young age in Maryland. Over the years, Lauren has developed a passion for giving off-the-track thoroughbreds a second chance, which led her to create the brand OTTB Mafia. It's an equestrian apparel brand community and now an app. But before I give away all the spoilers, I'm going to have Lauren come on and tell us a little bit more about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. We are too. It's I've been following you for a little bit now and I just had so many questions around the brand. But before we yeah. dig deep into that, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. So we know you got started writing at a, that young age. Your mom got you involved in writing lessons, correct? Yes. I started taking writing lessons in Maryland with my sister and I started on ponies, but I am tall. So I outgrew ponies pretty quickly. And my first horse that I got was actually an off-the-track thoroughbred. So that's what kind of jump-started the passion for off-the-track thoroughbreds. And since him, having him, I've had quite a bit of other off-the-track thoroughbreds as well. They really are kind of like potato chips. Like they're an addictive horse to get once you get started with them. So you've had a couple thoroughbreds. And what type of riding do you typically like to do? Hunter jumper. Okay. Perfect breed for it then, for sure. They're so athletic. Um, They are. So tell us a little bit about OTTB Mafia. It's an started as an apparel brand, but you've been growing it since then. Yeah. So I started out just making like stickers, shirts, and hats just to kind of see the response that I got from people. And people really loved it. And I I just wanted to create more of a community where everyone could openly talk about tips and tricks and veterinary topics. 
all different types of topics in one place. So that's what kind of made me think about the app so that it's just a community solely for off-the-track thoroughbred owners. I think that's wonderful. It's kind of like what we're doing here in Retired Resource Radio in a lot of ways of creating that one-stop shop of knowledge from experts and people sharing their personal stories. So you started some blogs on there. Is that kind of the first step that you took? Yeah. So I started out with a blog and on my blog, I do stories of what I call glow ups. So like a transformation stories of people's thoroughbreds. I also feature other small businesses that have thoroughbreds on there as well. And just, I cover veterinary topics. I will have guest bloggers come and answer questions, training topics, things like that. Perfect. That makes it really super easy for everyone to to locate. And tell us a little bit about how it started becoming an app and what people can expect with an app. Yeah. So I, at first I started it as a website and I was just kind of, I was actually talking to my parents about it and just talking about who is going to be using this community. And my mom and I were talking and most of the users these days, as we know, are on their phones. So Mm -hmm. she was asking me, well, can I download it on my phone? And I was like, well, no, not right now. (laughs) So I looked into it and I found a software that I could use to convert it into an app. And it just makes the whole process much easier to use on your phone, which is about 90% of my users are on their phones. So just more, way more accessible to use with your phone. I promise I'm listening over here. I'm just downloading the app also while we speak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so just going to have that now in my pocket. Is there a yeah. social aspect to this too? Like, can we, like if Joy and I are on, like, is there a place we can share like the 600 pictures we take a day of our thoroughbreds? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. And I wanted it to be something like that where it's like a Facebook type of place, but solely for thoroughbred owners. So there's an activity feed wall where you can post things or you can privately message people. There's groups that you can join. You can post videos and photos as well. Um, so there's all of those features in it. I'm signing up. I'm signing up right now. I know. I'm like, I'm also <laughs> downloading the app as we're talking. <laughs> I think that's really neat because there are so many different Facebook groups, but with the Facebook rules as they are now, it kind of puts you at risk of having your account flagged. You obviously, a lot of the parts of having off the tracks is those makeover stories and featuring those horses for sale or what those horses are currently doing or for lease, which you can't do on Facebook without risk to your account. So it's very interesting that you put this community together. I have to ask, and no one come at me. If you do send it to my email, decide to respond or not. We all know OTTB connect on Facebook. Yes. Everyone's aware of that group, a very passionate group of people. Yes. How would you say you are moderating OTG Mafia as opposed to what we've all seen in OTG TV Connect? Yes. I don't want any anyone being attacked or feeling like it's not a safe space to ask questions or share material. We're all there to learn and respect each other. And I just want a safe place for everyone. And sometimes I think groups like that, people sometimes get it's their way or no way. And mm-hmm. that's not yeah. what I want. I want every, people to be accepting and open to 
all different like ways of training and nutrition tips and things like an accepting, I just wanted to be an accepting community. Yeah. Cause there's no so, like one right or wrong way to do anything, right? Like right, someone right. has a problem and there's like 18 different solutions and they yeah. all probably work when that's, yeah. that's education that like, that's how it works, but that's how, yeah, yes, I, yes. I think people just get so, especially horse people, they just get so wrapped up in their way or no way, which there are other ways of doing things. I just want it to be a positive place. So there is no room for people being negative or attacking other people. I think that's great. There's way too much of that happening through the rest of social media, as we all know. So to have a space that you can come in and share these stories and it, I think especially off the track, thoroughbred owners and even standard bread owners, it's right. We get these underdogs horses and we already can feel some judgment from other parts of the horse yeah. world. So there's no need to keep adding to it in our own community. Yeah. yeah so, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's just, I'm scrolling the members list. There's a lot of people here. This is cool. This is a big community you've built. Thank you. It is. And I'm I'm in this. Oh, go ahead, Lauren. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to make it a, like you were saying, the equestrian community, especially in the hunter jumper world, sometimes people do judge you for having a thoroughbred. And I wanted to make a safe space for people to ask questions and share and not feel judged Like everyone's equal. We're all here because we love the breed. It's very obvious that you're doing that. And I also love, so I'm in the sign up phase, just like looking that over. I think it's great that you have the option to add social networks too. So it is an opportunity for anyone who joins to have a chance to network with other equestrians and kind of build your own network. So you've really thought this through to really build this as a community for anyone who loves the off the track thoroughbred. Thank you. So if like, if organizations, let's say, because of course my day job is communications manager for the retired racehorse project, could we join as an organization to join the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I encourage organizations to join because I want it to be more of a networking space. And if there's trainers on there that want to say, Hey, like I only work with off the track thoroughbreds or things like that, I would love for people to go on there and network as well. Yeah. I think it's well, great. and I think this is such a good example of like how multifaceted thoroughbred aftercare really needs to be, because I think oftentimes right. people assume like, well, the nonprofits will cover it. It's fine. And there's only a limited amount of donation dollars keeping nonprofits going. And there's just not that much space for that many horses. I mean, there's more mm-hmm. horses in need than unfortunately there is capacity for the nonprofits to take them on. Right. And that's right. why, you know, with the RRP, like we try to encourage not only the nonprofit participation, but you know, the for-profit market as well, because all of these means are necessary to get to the end of helping all the horses find homes. So this is a really important part as well is having this brand essentially and your organization to help bring them all together and yeah, give us all a place to hang out. Absolutely. So Lauren, tell us if people want to get involved, what's so they can download the app, but Tell them like what you would recommend to get started. Yeah. So you download the app and you can make a profile. You can include as little or as much as you want in your profile of your riding discipline, your horse's jockey club name. And then there's different groups that you can join as well. So there's like a first time off the track thoroughbred owner group where you kind of can ask some questions of 
just the basics. And then there's, you know, a, a venting group just for the eventers to talk and connect. And, um, yeah, just join those groups and you can also friend people as well just to network and get to know other people in your community. Amazing. Well, I've signed up. I know Kristen signed up, so we'll have to be friends on there. Yeah. We're going to get sucked into the app while we're supposed to be talking to you. So I'm going to put my phone down. (laughs) You'll hear our review in real time. Like, Ooh, wow. Works really well on a non-visual medium, like podcasts to hear us talk about something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Absolutely. It's going to be really cool to check out. So if anyone's looking, make sure to check out OTTB Mafia. Uh, You can download it. Is it also available for Android users too, or just iPhone? Okay. So available for everyone. No excuses why you should not download this app. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should, we should maybe make a retired resource radio account. Oh, that could be fun. Hang out there. Anyone who's got fun stories, wants to be a guest, has people they know who should be guests. Be great. Lauren, what's your overall goal? What would you love to see on the app, like in a year's time, let's say? I would love to see, I just want to get a lot of professionals on there with training videos and tips and just a wide range information for people to access. And I would like to do maybe some meetups in person to network. I just want a strong, a big, strong community that people can go to for all the information that they need for off the track thoroughbreds. I love that. Well, you're off to a great start. So absolutely. And there's shows there too, for thoroughbred specific. She has a whole thing about like different shows in different areas. So very welcoming, very friendly, all about community. I'm here for it. It's got my vote. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, listeners, if you're uh, downloading the app now, as you're listening to us, yeah, send us all a friend request. We'll all be buddies on OTG Mafia. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Check out otbmafia.com and we can't wait to see all your success. Thank you so much for having me. We're back with our Making the Makeover series. Tonight we have with us Natalie Holdren. I think she is our hardest working writer on the Making the Makeover series and we'll let her explain why here in a moment. But just to review, Natalie is a sophomore at Odessa High School. She currently works and rides at Bohemia Creek Stables. She's been riding since the age of three, competing at local shows since the age of seven, and has been a member of the Fox Den IEA team for the past five years. When not at the barn, she enjoys photography, is the vice president of her school's FFA chapter, and volunteers at the Center for Therapeutic Riding. She is a busy young lady, so we're very happy to have her back with us today. Hey, Natalie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Not as busy as you've been. My goodness. You have probably, I think, the most filled calendar of probably any rider I know in general, but definitely are making the makeover series riders. So where have you been recently? So we've been dipping our toes into some more jumper shows recently. So we just had our first ever home show at Bohemia and that was a big success. We had a few rails in our courses. We didn't place, but he ended up with my other retired racehorse project teammate, Alyssa Kelly rode him in the classic and they ended up six out of, I want to say there was 12 or 13 signed up for the classic. Pretty good. That was only his second real jumper show ever for our CBHSA series. And then we just did another one and we came out with two six out of our three classes. And overall, we've been staying busy with that. And then we have some more hunter shows coming up, but we've really just been trying to get him out as much as possible. And the more we go out, the more comfortable he is. So it's definitely worked out well for us. Yeah, because you, if I remember correctly, he had some issues with just kind of settling in the show ring and getting comfortable, right? Yes. And then now 
with these jumper shows, you kind of have to go in without having schooled first. And so I think that has really helped him realize that once he enters the ring, no matter if he's been in there or hasn't been in there, it's time for him to work, especially in the show setting. And I think that's really has benefited him tremendously from being able to do all of that. Yeah, that's awesome. And remind me, because you've done now the jumpers as well as hunters. And then have you done some horse trials and like little baby events with him too? Yes, we did the one spring fest. We just did the elementary just to give it a try to see if he liked it, if that was something. And then we've also dabbled in. There's some equitation classes at our hunter show. So he's also done some of that as well. (laughs) That's awesome. What a well-rounded little guy. And all you guys. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. So Natalie, you mentioned that you have a teammate and we talked a little about that when you first interviewed with us the first round. So what's it been like working in a team now that you've had a few months in with this and you're now kind of sharing this horse at the horse shows? How has that been for you? It's been like, it works out really well just because I am super busy and so is Alyssa. And so it really works out for both of us where with the team, we can kind of, it's easy for, for us to split his rides and then Uh, We can kind of work around each other's schedules and things like that. But it definitely does get challenging with busy schedules too to like coordinate who's riding him what days. But we've kind of been able to work around that. And it does allow me to have a little bit more free time since I don't have to feel obligated to be there five days a week to ride him since Alyssa can take some of his rides. That does sound like it takes some of the pressure off getting ready for the makeover, especially being a junior competitor. Have you found that it's been beneficial to Tempe as well to have two different riders? Or do you think because he's so green still and kind of learning the ropes that sometimes it can be challenging? I think he definitely, he is very much so a people horse. So I think he enjoys having as many riders as he can. So I think the fact that he has both me and Alyssa and that we are teaching him both different things. It's just been able to make him that well-rounded horse that we were looking for to have because we both ride kind of differently. And so it's made him to be a lot more adjustable overall. Is the plan for one of you to keep him or is he going to be offered for sale eventually? Um, The plan is hopefully I half lease him currently at the moment, but I was my goal. I don't know if my parents are in agreement with this, but I would like to <laughs> some point because I love him a lot and he's just the kind of horse that I'd want as my forever horse. So if he does get sold, it will be hopefully to me, but we don't really have any plans of selling him. He'll be staying at our barn no matter what. Nice. Well, yeah, I just wanted to put a little shout out there for anyone who's listening and thinking that they might want to get involved with the makeover because that team format can be really valuable when you're prepping a horse for sale as well, because the horse gets experience with different riders. The horse is then, you know, a little more just ready to step off with a new rider or maybe go into a lesson program or do something different. But everything you're saying about the team format and how it's worked out for you is exactly what we were hoping for with the RRP that people who might not have quite the time or the scope or even the finances to handle prepping a horse because it can be a really expensive endeavor. You guys can share the costs on a team and you know, you could even have like a coach and two amateurs or siblings. We've had families do it as teams. So the team competition, you guys are doing it just right and sharing that experience together. So it'll be really cool to meet you guys in person at the makeover this fall. We're counting down the days till the makeover. 
Yeah. Do you guys know yet? Do you have like a good direction for which divisions you're going to do or disciplines? I think so far we definitely want to do show hunters for sure. And then we're thinking about doing dressage and then also doing the dressage tip championships while we're there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got to make the most of that. If you're going to go all the way down there, then definitely hit up the tip champs too. So well, I'm super excited to hear more about it, Natalie, and see the progress that you and Tempe are making along with Alyssa. I think it's going to be really cool to check out if people are interested in doing the teams, if they think that might be a better route for them, I would recommend you come to the makeover, say hi to Natalie and Alyssa too, ask any questions you may have. What's next down the road as we get a little bit closer to the makeover for you, Natalie? Um, trying just to get him more, like more places. Cause our show series, we're kind of have hit all the barns. So we've been looking around for like, we want to go out and trail ride out and just get him still out. So still a lot of force showing and then a lot of flat work and hopefully some more dressage lessons in our future. I have to admit, I've been slacking off a little bit on uh, the dressage side of things before the makeover. So definitely trying to get in some more dressage lessons and more like heavier flat work based rides. I don't think anybody could accuse you of slacking off. You guys are out there doing the hustle, but I know what you're saying too, but sounds like you've got a full summer ahead, but we'll look forward to catching up with you again in a couple of weeks and hearing what Tempe has been up to again. So thanks very much, Natalie. Yes. Thank you. So Joy, we've been seeing a lot of really fun interactions happening on our social media, which I love. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming to hang out with us. I took staycation last week, which is just a fancy way of saying we're horse showing too much and didn't have any money to go anywhere. So we we stayed home in Chautauqua County, New York, which is actually a tourist destination for a lot of people. So we figured, well, we'll just be tourists in our own town. And we did. We actually rode a lot. We rode, I think... What if we had like 10 days off, we rode eight out of 10 days. So we got That's in a lot of saddle thing. time, but we also so not really sure. a staycation for the horses. Well, no, not so much. <laughs> but we, we do still have all those horse shows coming up. So we're like, uh-uh, can't lose the fitness. Can't lose the training time. Let's go That's boys. True. And yeah, they were like, great. Thanks a lot. We did do some cowboy stuff too. We had to move cows in, sort some mm-hmm. off, add the bowl and do some other Western but you didn't things, have to but... set up your computer and you didn't have to talk to me. Exactly. So. Well, no, I missed. I should have just called you on Wednesday night when we record just to shoot the breeze. That's it, true. That's true. Know. But we had a good time, but we did carve out some time for some non-horse activities. And just prior to that, I'd actually seen a post from an Instagram. I guess she's an influencer in gate by Kate. And she had posted using the hashtag off duty horse girl, which I thought was a really fun idea. And something that I might start adding to a lot of my posts, because every now and then I do things that are not at the barn, even though it's my passion. It's what I live for. It's what we're here for. But it's also, I think, really multifaceted as people. We do more than just horses, even if it's less than 75 percent of our time. Right. And I think it's important to do that stuff too, because I think it helps give you perspective and it gives you like a break. It obviously gives your Mm -hmm. horse a break. You know, the horse's don't necessarily all want to be ridden seven days a week. So it's totally Mm -hmm. okay. And it's just, I think it's just good for a mental and a physical refresh to do something different. So our idea of a physical refresh was to go on a nine mile hike on some pretty rugged ground. So I don't really know if it was physically very refreshing, but it was really nice. Mentally. It was really, yeah. 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 
So I did pose the question on our Instagram story of what is everyone else's favorite hashtag off-duty horse girl activities. And we got some really cool responses. So we did get one guy who was like, I'm not a horse girl. And I was like, it's okay. Everybody's welcome here. Um, he <laughs> enjoys hiking and paddleboarding and kayaking, which I think was probably our most common response. There was a lot of hiking and boating and camping. So yeah, a lot of a lot, our listeners yeah. are very outdoorsy. And I think that's pretty darn cool. I think that's very cool. I do think it lends itself well, you know, like we're not afraid to get dirty, obviously, yeah. with horses. So like, why not also be unafraid to get dirty in the woods? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, or in the water. I mean, I think it's great and definitely yeah. says a lot about us. We're just here to have fun. I also so. think, yeah, I mean, being on the water is actually not that different from riding because it does require some balance. I mean, if you're sitting in a bigger boat, I guess you don't mm-hmm. need a lot of balance. But like if you're doing any kind of paddle sport, you've got to be pretty balanced. Hmm. And you've also got to be thinking ahead and reading conditions and kind of like riding the waves and doing quite a lot that is not dissimilar from riding. So I think those two actually go hand in hand more than people think. So. I waxed really philosophical on this on Tuesday night of staycation because Eric and I went out on his boss's sailboat and he Ah. was trying to convince his fiance to come out on the boat more. And she's a horse girl. So she and I actually went riding earlier in the week together. And he's like, how do we get her out on the boat more? And I was like, well, you know, they're not really that dissimilar. And I went on for a while and I think he kind of like his eyes glazed over, but he appreciated (laughs) what I was trying to do. Let's see. We had some other responses, baking or sitting on the couch with a cozy blanket, watching a good movie, Uh, which sounds excellent. Sounds like my best friend. I don't know who you are, but whoever that was, can we come? (laughs) Someone else said, I love cooking. Was that you? Me. That, that was me. I do love cooking. Actually, I was just cooking yesterday. I made a roasted curried pumpkin soup with Ooh. chicken and goat cheese. It's pretty well, delicious. Be right over. That sounds good. <laughs> and I think this was Lee, our makeover spotlight rider, quilting and knitting. Lee, let's hang out. I love knitting. Yeah, I I've always wanted to, to learn how to quilt. I got to be fairly honest. I sewed my own prom dress in high school. Oh, that's badass. But I've never learned to quilt. Put a picture on the story. Now we all have to oh see it. Boy. Okay, I'll see if I can dig one. I did like the what the gym time, hiking and sleeping. Yes to sleeping. Everyone needs to add that to your list to add at least one more hour of sleep in your life if you can. Um, probably be a good idea. It's a it's really a goal for me. And then gym time, I'm also with you. But I have to say, when I'm in the gym, especially if I'm doing like upper body with dumbbells, it's I can't not think of the bar. Like for instance, I was doing chest press yesterday with dumbbells and I'm like, is my right arm weaker than my left? How do I balance this? Is this like this for my horse when I have the reins? Like my whole brain went into this whole oh, that's horse like girl space. Dressage mode right there. Yeah. It sure I mean, it should be everybody mode, but it, it does seem particularly dressage. It's, it's even worse it. if I do like, like the BOSU <laughs> balls is like the half balls that you balance on the floor. And I have all these weights and I'm like, balance perfectly to get your laterals. Like it's, it's a, it's a whole Zen state. I'm not saying it's healthy, but to some degree it is mentally. It's not. Hey, I went to the gym the first Saturday morning of staycation. We put up 375 bales. That was another I discussion. Post real, we did. By the way, that was great. <laughs> I have to give credit to that. That was my husband. Like back in March was like, Hey, when we put up, Hey, you got to do this real. And I was like, oh man, that's a good idea. Right so for the hubby. Are, uh, good yeah. suggestion. 
We are Hamilton fans in this house. I really <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's why people have to follow us on social media because we do have a lot of fun posts. We have a <laughs> lot of interactive posts. You get to see us being weird and goofy and oversharing on occasion. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We're all friends here. We're That's what podcasting is. You invite us into your ears for some reason every yeah. couple of weeks. So thanks for letting us hang out here and be weird with you, horse girls. Absolutely. And, and can't guys. wait to do more of it. So make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. And you can always follow us personally, too, if you want to see even more weird, like me trying to cook <laughs> constantly and Kristen boating and hiking nine miles and getting sweaty. I'm sure. Yeah. It's mostly a lot of between the ears anymore. So <laughs> you just see a lot of cow butts on my Instagram. I think anymore. Everyone so loves cow butt. Everyone loves a cow butt. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so check us out. You'll love it. Retired resource radio on all the things on all the things. Well, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of Retired Resource Radio. It's with new vocations. We have Leander Cooper joining us yet again to bring us another fab horse who's adoptable for the week and our training tip and sounds like some interesting things happening at new vocations. So before we dive in, Leandra, hi, welcome. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well, surviving all the crazy weather. Yes, it's never dull when you live in the Midwest, that's for sure. I have a training question for you that is of particular interest to me. How do you help the unbalanced horse getting their corners for the first time? My horse likes to fall in and out and become a little bit of a wiggle worm. And she's starting to become evasive when she knows the corner is coming. Oh, that's an interesting one. So especially for horses on the track, something that was brought to my attention, because I, I guess we can sort of understand it, but then it's different when you're like thinking about it in application to your own horse is that for horses who are training on the track, like even when they're just doing exercise type rides and they're just breezing on by themselves, that they're a lot of times coming off the fence in a lot of ways. I guess there are obviously variations depending on different trainers and training techniques, but in talking to exercise riders one of the things you come to understand is that like it's much more tactical if horses coming off the rail like that'd be if they were going to make a move they're coming around to final stretch or something so like the comfort zone for the horse on the track is generally by the fence and that can happen even as far as mounting goes like a lot of times if a horse is just like standing and waiting or if they're in between sessions that they have they stand with their butt to the fence so it's like you kind of have to like rethink the ways that they are working i've never even, like, put that together to be honest but like now that you say i was like she is always grazing on the fence and she does not like to be on the out like in towards the mounting block where she's closer to the arena. She likes being yeah. right next to the fence. Right next to the fence. Yeah. And that's just kind of like a comfort zone thing. And that also can be a good thing to keep in mind when you're asking a horse to come off the rail, like even for lateral work, but then when they're starting to pass other horses, like just literally like the structure that they're used to working in is totally different. So I like to really start them in all of that at the walk, it's hard to sort of, because again, you want to create this total like dichotomy shift and bridge what they know, what they don't know. So create this understanding of like what you're asking, why. And so they're used to like doing more speed work and it's on the rail. Like not only is the speed difference going to help to create like strength in different pathways and then bridge that rather than just be like chaos. Like, just, like what are we learning? But then also just as far as like safety goes, if they're not understanding, like it's a lot easier to handle things slowly. 
what you're really asking them to do, like, obviously you can steer your horse probably. And if you can't, then maybe that'd be like the first step from there. But like steering your horse is one thing you're asking with the rain. Direct rain is something that they understand. But what you're really asking them is to respond to your body cues then usually mm-hmm. in those situations. And that all step starts from like that very foundational work of like, creating that understanding of what that means to move them off the rail with your leg. So even at the walk, like teaching the really fundamentals of those lateral movements and starting to teach the indirect rain, because that's all goes into like how we create our own little box as human on horse. And then that box moves places and you can create your own sort of like, not just information connection area where you're like, making this little energy bubble around you where you're able to like move that energy up from their hind end and create that understanding of them coming back so that you're like, I always describe it like balancing a clutch. Like you need to sort of balance that clutch and you're right in the middle of it. And that's like our ideal situation. And that creates structure for them. So that doesn't matter where you are, you can sort of like have that structure there. So, so there's kind of like the understanding of like what the rail means to them historically in their previous jobs and sort of having understanding of that and then sort of slowly building them away from that. So like as you're, what I like to do with a lot of them is break down those previous structures of understanding Mm -hmm. by changing things. So like doing the walk work, but then also like staying away from the rail as much as I can. And it is amazing like how put together a baby horse can seem when you just have them trotting around on the rail and then you ask for like a circle and there's like whoa whoa what's happening yeah. like this is totally different ask and I definitely like i have that with my horse people. especially like asking for that circle it's that first quarter of it she's like wait a minute we were straight what are you asking and we have to right. kind of put the brain back together and then she's yeah, okay i'm totally unraveled now every nothing makes any sense anymore like now it's like i'm going fast and now i'm coming back and i don't know it's like the whole world's scary again so i try to like it's easy in our ring especially you can see like the pathway obviously like the outside path by the rails really well worn and i try to just like find all the spaces where it's not worn and kind of like use that as my own little game and asking them to do totally different things, which in a lot of ways usually means slowing that process down. I don't want them to feel the need to rush through it. You can kind of control it a lot at the walk and then sort of play with like, I'm going to ask to by using my leg and like, but there's always this like over ask with babies where it's like, you can't do the subtle. You have to be like, oh, I'm very dramatically moving my entire weight to the side. And so as you understand, as I put my leg on that, this is what this means. So it's like, and I enjoy that process a lot of just like going slow and being like, oh, you're starting to understand the weight shift and all of that. But it is, I mean, all of that to say, is like my very long winded way of answering this, but that it's like, it's about breaking down all of the previous training paths like again if you go back to that sort of like neural pathway concept of just like you need to be creating new pathways which means like deviating from the things that they're going to know because those are already like pretty strong pathways so it's going to be really hard to like put them in that same box and then be like but you're doing it wrong and they're like but that's what i know so it's like kind of putting them in a totally different path direction by asking them for totally different things. And then you have a little more malleability and then you can use that to bridge to that other understanding and then like work back on the rail and then do your circle and come back to it. So you can introduce those sort of like safety nets and then ask them to come out of it 
while you're building those new that new understanding. I, I hope that like somewhat that. answered your question. No, it actually <laughs> validates me, like because I've been doing a lot of trial and error. My horses getting back into work and corners. It, they are very physically hard for the unfit yeah. horse. Not just babies who are wiggly too, but your unfit horses' corners are difficult. So to expect yeah. them to be able to just go straight in isn't very fair for them to go in those deep corners that we asked for in dressage. So I started with the lateral work and then kind of moving her in and then moving her out. And then when we start doing the corners, I'd ask for like a 10 meter circle or a 15 meter circle just to put her through the corner, help her get the shape, then go to the next one, do it again. So I feel very validated right now, Leander, that this is what you do. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Because again, like I could tell you to like lift really heavy on the inside and like manipulate yourself, but you're not actually creating understanding for the horse then. Like there are so many ways that we as riders can act like crutches for the horse. So it's like when you're in training mode, you're trying to, like I said, to create that bridge of understanding of like, so we understand the pathway from like what we do know to like get through stuff that we don't know and like create that understanding. But like, there are lots of different shortcuts that you can take. And I mean, like sometimes in videos, obviously we don't want the horse to be like falling apart. So it's like, we can make it look easy. We really can. And like lift them up and like create that understanding. But like what I'm feeling as a rider then nine times out of 10 is the horse like sitting against me. So I'm working really hard to make it look like we're kind of like functioning the way we should and be like, Oh, we can make it look good. But at the end of the day, that horse is not going to be able to replicate that with another rider. Cause there's no understanding. So he's still just like counting on somebody else to hold him up. And when they can't, and they think that like, that's something that's already there for them. There's like, a, then obviously miscommunication between horse and rider. And that's what I find is usually a huge source of frustration. I think you're doing exactly right where it's like starting slow and creating that balance and doing by doing different things and not just like repetition and trying to act as a crutch for them because that tends to just keep them in the same kind of stagnant place of learning. Ah, fabulous tips as always, Leandra. And I love the vulnerability of letting us know that you also have to work a little bit harder with some of them to make those videos look flawless because you really do look flawless in them. I'm actually looking at our adoptable horse of the week's video right now. Tell us a little bit about Big Mel. Well, Big Mel is a really cool horse. Came into our program with a ton of fans already. Came from a group called My Racehorse, which is kind of an awesome program where kind of your average everyday person can own a piece of a racehorse. We think that's pretty cool way of approaching this new age of horse ownership with racehorses. So, and I love that personally because we have all these people who are concerned about his well-being and are checking on their horse. It's like, he's had this, uh, like a tour bus already come visit him. So Big Mel is a celebrity and he knows it. He's one of those horses who can walk into any space and be as confident as possible. He just already feels like he owns the place. So there's no doubt in his mind that he's the king of where he lands. And it shows from day one, whether he's in turnout or whether he's in the ring, even if we're just like hacking out, he kind of marches around like he owns the place. But he has a really nice, comfortable way of going. He's beautiful. He's this bay. He's got dapples now. Sanchez over 61 and has that nice chunky build to him. And he's the type of horse who I could like truly see him going in any direction because I think that he could be an awesome horse to a Western saddle on and just whether you want to like take him in the ring and do fun time, but also just like you can go work cows on this horse and he would probably do it well, or you could take him in a hunter ring and I can see him loving that as well. I mean, like 
truly in any direction. And generally, I feel like we can see a more specific path, a, a type of career that a horse would really enjoy. And with Big Mel, it's like anything, it's anything. So he's what really are you doing fun. here, Leandra? You're throwing out that ranch horse thing, trying to get yeah, we'll mm-hmm. I'm saying it. I'm sending you those vibes. <laughs> Why not do both? Because uh, a ranch horse and a hunter really move pretty similar. And this guy is super cute. Absolutely. He would look super, super nice and a little. Yeah. Ball. He looks like he could go either way, which is I noticed super a quality lovely. road. Yeah. He's a quality road, which I think is interesting because coming through the makeover, we've seen a few of those. And if I remember correctly, I think Alex Beckstead's winning hunter from 2021, Icarius, he's a quality road. So that's a little check, I think, in the hunter favor. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, what, and same good looks. Yeah, exactly. Other quality roads that we've had, we can see that same sort of star quality in them where it's like they, they know they've got that good one in them and they're, they're not shy about it. It's interesting how they inherit that, you know, that like, yeah. like I know who my daddy was. This is cool. That's this right. is all fine. Here I come. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, and another perk for Big Mel right now is that we have a new vocations and adoption fee special going on for the entire month of July. So any horse that was priced as an adoption fee of $1,000 or less is now 50% off. So oh. already you had a deal and now it's a deal on top of a deal. So there's no excuse anymore. It's like that he's free. That's what it feels like. It's like he's free. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that my racehorse angle with him too, because I think that is a really cool program. I would love to see this horse come to the makeover and bring his tour bus of like part former owners with him totally. too and make that part of his journey and uh, part of his story and bring that aftercare story in front of a brand new audience. So this is your sign folks. If you're thinking of doing the 2023 makeover, big Mel is ready for you. Absolutely. Along with several other lovely horses. I was just telling Leandra before we hopped on of how the Instagram and Facebook posts that New Vocations keeps putting out is really making me consider getting another horse much sooner than I anticipated. They're all so lovely. The work that you do with them is phenomenal. And we appreciate everything that New Vocations has put into these horses, getting them their forever homes. Leandra, thank you so much for joining us again. Everyone check out New Vocations at horseadoption.com. Put your applications in. If you end up winding a or adopting Big Mel, let us know. We want to hear how the updates go. We want to see videos and see him doing wonderfully in his next career, whichever way that goes. So thanks again, Leandra. Thank you so much for having me. Joy, that was a super fun episode. If you're listening, I hope you guys learned something new, found some cool takeaways. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Rider, and you can follow all of my Racehorse Ranch adventures on Facebook at Jobber Bill Racehorse to Ranch Horse, which admittedly I've been really bad about updating recently. So if you'd like to see more, drop me a comment and I'll make sure I update that every now and then. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. I don't feel bad about not updating Kristen because I've also not been as great with some of my social media stuff. I can be found on Instagram and TikTok at the Misfit Equestrian, and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Bye.